Footy Ado, the Delusional Soccer Podcast. Footy Ado, a soccer delusion shared by two brothers in close association. podcast or doing it across the country next yeah you know when you were here during a pandemic you decided let me travel to and from los angeles county los angeles county wasn't bad when i left it It you returned it you returned it to it at a uh, beautiful time yeah good for you man so it happens they need me here they need you there they need, well, we definitely just needed to get rid of you, so whatever whatever uh, they need you for there is Expect your numbers to rise. <laughs> now that I'm over here, expect your numbers to rise. Yeah. They, you are basically the, uh, the leveler. You flatten the curve wherever you may be. Yeah. And, uh... Do you see that, I think so much we did the entire European Union is averaging with like 600 million people or 400 million people is averaging less cases per day than Florida. I wish I could uh, unknow that information. Can I unlearn this? Uh. Unfortunately, since we are recording, uh, I'm going to make the listeners go through that terrible, terrible reality with us, but... Listen, man, oh, it's, good. it's good to have you back on yeah, the pod. So, yeah, you sent me an email. You said, hey, let's get on the pod. I'm confused as to why. There was no games this weekend. So, like, what did you <sighs> want to talk about? What did you want to talk about? The, the, that game that happened at uh, Wembley? Came hap- Wembley's, for con- Wembley's a concert venue. They had Live Aid there. Um, I feel like the, the national team plays there sometimes. What, uh, they can't... The... They can't put people in the stadium. The whole Live Aid thing just reminds me of the time that uh, Nikki said, I thought it was just, I can't believe they did Live Aid there. I thought it was just a bunch of tennis courts, and it was Wimbledon. Yeah. Wimbledon, Wembley. That one got her pretty good. I forgot about that. An unforgivable mistake, but. You know. We move. We, we press forward. We move yeah. on. We move on. We listen. Good. We got to do what they, we can. Glad for saying that. Good. Good. Good job saying that. We just <laughs> lost our entire. I know we're mostly a U.S. listenership, but we lost. Listen. Our... If that's the reason you shut off the podcast, that's on you. All right. That's on you. It doesn't but matter if it's on in, us. If on them. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but in all reality, let's talk about the FA Cup final, my friend. The FA Cup Final, Arsenal 2, Chelsea 1. You're pretending the game did not happen. <laughs> that that bit is over now. All it's right? over now. We can talk about it. Your overall thoughts on the on the affair? Um well, let's I want let's can we talk about let's talk can we talk about the refereeing? Let's just get it over with. Anthony Taylor didn't have a great performance. It was a bad performance. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to get caught up in that because Arsenal deserved to win the game based on how they played. Um, but boy, oh boy, did he have a rough day at the office. Uh, you know, with you know, with the red card, uh, 
with the, I felt like there was a couple other fouls he missed. Uh, but that then there's also the Emmy Martinez coming out of goal, grabbing the ball, and it's one thing to call it that way. Another thing that then they say, okay, the check is done, but you don't show it on TV. Well, that's not Anthony Taylor's fault. <laughs> yeah, but why are they not showing it on TV? Yeah, I don't know. So because they're in his ear, I'm sure they're in his ear talking to him about it. What, how, like, if if you checked it, show it on TV. It's rather suspicious that you don't check it on TV. Of course, we see pictures afterwards. So the <laughs> the pictures afterwards, the from, I, like, I can't get a, a clear answer. On uh, by the way, this is an audio medium, and you're fucking sloshing around an iced coffee there to show your disdain with Anthony Taylor. Um, and that is a nightmare. I wonder if you know that you have a mute button over there. Um, but it's it's on a different tab. Uh, fair enough. Um, but the one picture that I've seen of Martinez out of the goal, someone replied to it. He's definitely said, out of the goal. At, yeah, sorry, out of the box. <laughs> um, someone replied to it and said, "No, this someone photoshopped this and put this on Reddit because." There's another picture where you see, and obviously we, we, there's no video of this. There's no video of the angle that we're getting this picture from, which makes it right, all that more frustrating. Why, but why is there no video? I don't know. I have no idea. But I've seen that angle so, on VAR before. No, I know. But, so I've seen it where Martinez actually has the ball in the box, and if you look at um, Tammy Abraham, I believe, was the closest attacker. If you look at his leg, it matches the way his leg is in the picture where it shows him out of the box. So I don't know if the one out of the box is photoshopped and he's yeah, moved out. I, I don't know. I have no idea. There's, I have no idea. I genuinely do not have a clear answer on, on if the he one, was... Yeah, the, the one that, you, that we know for sure isn't photoshopped, the one that's like back from an angle from probably like midfield's yeah. perspective... That one, you could look at it and you can say in your head, if you're thinking, okay, he's definitely out, outside the box, you look at that picture and you say, yeah, he's outside the box, you can tell. It, it, or if you're thinking, oh, hey, he's in the box, you can look at that photo and be yeah. like, the and, ball's still in the box. Yeah, and yeah, remember, that's the important part. It's it's the ball, it's his hands, it's not his body. His body is certainly outside the box. Yeah. I was certainly just frustrated with the lack of clarity. The lack of transparency, there. yeah. Yeah. Just show me that, like, obviously we'd say it, like, the game, like, Arsenal had gone up. You know, it was, like, it was getting towards the end, and I'm like, just show me the, show me the replay. Yeah. I, I want to, I, so I can stop thinking about how we could have had something there. Yeah. Show me the replay. You know? Now, um, we'll, we'll hang on for a minute. We'll get to the red card. Um, but let's talk about that opening goal. Kind of a, a, a scramble. But uh, Giroud plays a little bit of a back heel. Who got the cross? Was it Alonso that got the cross in originally? I believe so, yeah. Uh, I think it was Mason Mount to Alonso. Alonso crosses it in. Giroud, it bounces well, actually, around you know, a little bit. It might have. No, you know what? No, it's so, was it uh, Mount? Alonso, Alonso gets a cross and it gets headed out. I think Chelsea regained possession. Mount starts a break. Okay. Or, or starts a break. Gets it to Mount, who lays it off. Drew, that yeah. has to... That, I was a sloppy... Uh, the, a sloppy, yeah. It gets sloppy defending a little back heel, and then Pulisic dinks it um, past Martinez. Um, you see Kieran Tierney makes the decision, which 
none of his Arsenal teammates would have made the same decision if they were in that situation. Um, To let Pulisic go, to put his hands up and let him go around him, because if not, he's giving away a penalty that close to goal. You never know if the referee is going to show a yellow or a red. Um, It's the fifth minute. There's there's 85 minutes in the cup final left. Yeah, do it on the field. Yeah. So Tierney Um, lets him go, but a, a fantastic finish from Christian Pulisic. Yeah, and I was I was I, I, I was, was doom hyped. I was doom and gloom when that one. Happened. I was very excited. I said, "Okay, this could uh, you know obviously wary of it, like it being early, but I at that point I felt because I felt confident going in, um, and then I was just uh, ecstatic the fact that it was Pulisic scoring in his first cup final for Chelsea, um, first American just, to score in the men's FA Cup final. Yeah, and like they just looked. Chelsea looked good those first five ten minutes, yeah. Um, so I was I felt really confident. I was just like just thinking to myself, okay, you get the second goal, it's over. It's just it'll be what it'll be the same thing as the uh, Europa League final. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a dominant win, uh, but obviously it 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 certainly was not to be. No, yeah. Um, and you know they go in, they score early. They were good for about 10, 15 minutes. And then after that, it you really didn't start, see a, a whole lot of promise from them. Um, yeah, there, there was some complacency. It started, and then and then the drinks break. Mikel yeah. Arteta loves a fucking drinks break, man. He the, loves it. Yeah, here, here's, what I'll, here's what I will say, I, like in terms of the managers. Because obviously looking at it now, you, you it's easy to say um, Arteta won the managing battle yeah. in this game. I thought Frank got it right going in. You know, they yeah. started off good. I think the players kind of got a little bit complacent. And then, but Chelsea were winning that midfield battle for the first 20 minutes. Well, the the big factor in, the, in that short period of the game where Chelsea were dominant was Mason Mount. Mason Mount wasn't actually playing in kind of as, as like the right winger. He was playing in a free role. He was playing more behind Giroud and Pulisic, but he was free to roam wherever he wanted. And Mikel Arteta noticed this, and it pretty much got to the point where Kieran Tierney was man-marking him. And then Frank never had something to counteract that decision with. Right, and also what what Arteta did, which was impressive, and I think it was down to uh, Tierney specifically again on the on the Aubameyang. Uh, on the penalty that they called. Yeah. Um, it started playing balls over the top. Mm-hmm. That kind of neutralized Chelsea in the midfield as well. Yeah, there was there because... was the one early on that sent Maitland-Niles down, and he got a cross in, and Aubameyang got a header. This was even before Chelsea's goal. Um, mm-hmm. But they they really didn't have an answer. And even with Reese James down that uh, right wing as the right wing back, who has very good pace down that right wing mm-hmm. um, as, as a defender, he was caught out a couple of times just because of, I mean, it. when it comes to speed, going up against Aubameyang is not an easy thing That's to tough. do. Yeah, for if, for James to win any sort of battle like that, he needs to be next to him because yeah. he's, he's going to be he's stronger than pretty much anyone on, on the field mm-hmm. um, in a shoulder-to-shoulder battle. Um, so certainly uh, getting beat for pace was... The, the option for Aubameyang, and he did that all over the field. I mean, it, the the 
we can get into the, the penalty to uh, against Aspilicueta, who I watch in those situations and I think, okay, at least it's Aspilicueta. He's gonna make he's gonna make the smart decision here, the calm decision. But and he and he gets his arms on him, but he keeps them on him into the box. Mm-hmm. You can do like grab at the guy, like you know, you know, maybe foul him a little bit, like try because obviously you're trying to get around. You're trying to, get to pull to the him ball, back, yeah, yeah. And there's the whole situation of what if he goes down before he get like before he actually catches up to him more fully in the box. What type of card is that going to be? But but the fact that you continue that foul into the box, it was yeah, it was a bad. A bad challenge from him and the referee had a decision to make there and only shows him a yellow mm-hmm. um because he's saying that rudiger is is the last defender but my question is i my understanding of the rule that you know changed when um they decided to get rid of the kind of double jeopardy thing of a penalty a sending off a suspension it, it's almost a triple jeopardy but uh, my understanding was that that's still a red card if he's not playing the ball, which he is absolutely not. You saw David Luiz get sent off for it at um, the Etihad against Man City when he did some, it, basically an identical challenge um, on Riyad Mahrez, except Mahrez was a little bit closer in on goal. Um, so I thought that Aspilicueta was actually a little bit lucky there, even though it would have been a harsh red, but if he shows red there... Right, it's not something it it's not something that you can go and say oh that's that's a terrible terrible call um yeah. but he points to the spot shows a yellow and Aubameyang with a perfect penalty and I I said to you when it went in if if Caballero guesses the right way he's still not getting there right yeah I was I was you uh, could have put Kepa in the spot that Aubameyang shot it and he wasn't getting there no it would never said yeah <laughs> No, I was like, okay, we got we got Caballero, maybe, maybe he gets a save on it, but no, that's a that's a that's a perfect uh, penalty. Yeah, right into the side netting, um, and that just it, when it happened, it was like you know what, it it, it it's deserved for Arsenal. It's yeah. good as a dominant Ga- game on this, at this point. Yeah, and this happened with uh, Arsenal in the semifinal. They were. A little bit more so against City. They were up against it for the first 15 minutes, but they held on. Obviously, with Chelsea, they conceded, but they they stayed calm and they got back into the game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to show you this picture. I'm actually going to tweet this picture out that Nick just sent to me. See? Emmy Martinez. He's out of the box. <laughs> this picture of... Uh, this is when he drops. Is this when he drops it, or no? Th- is this is Arsenal lifting the trophy with the Chelsea staff See, and staff? players in the background. I'll oh I'll gosh. tweet yeah, this he... I'll tweet this out. Um, Nick just sent that to me a couple minutes ago, so uh, I I did want to show you that to kind of com- compound on uh, what we're doing here. But um, what was the, what game was that from? Holy is that like last season? It's such I a bad know. bit. It's such a fucking dumb bit that you're doing right now. Um, you're trying to be an asshole. I'm just I'm combating <laughs> it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so so we're at one one. And then Aspilicueta goes down with what looked like yeah. a hamstring injury. Yeah, uh, a nightmare day for him. Obviously, the penalty. The other thing he can't really control, but um, but yeah, to, to give up a penalty and then to go out injured, uh, 
so quickly in a cup final as the captain. It, it's incredibly disappointing. And that's that's when I really started to feel like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Giving away the penalty, um, then going off injured not long after, and it just... Yeah, our, our you know, might not be our best... I mean, probably our best, not maybe not our best defender all season overall, but like he's, if we're talking, it, do you want do you want him or Christensen on? It's right, and it's I summoned really it because I wore. I was like, "What jersey? What what kit am I? What what jersey?" So I wore I wore my yellow Christensen kit from a couple of years ago. Okay, I was like, "I've worn this in a while. Let me put it on." Zach's wearing yellow. I'll wear yellow because the other options were no name, a black one with Hazard on it, uh, and then a. Uh, Diego Costa or an Alvaro Morata one. <laughs> yeah, I so. went. I went with the bruised banana uh, this year's away kit because it's what I wore for the semifinal, and I just wanted to keep things. Um, you know, I wanted to keep luck on my side there. Yeah, but yeah, I was like, ah, let's go with the yellow one. I almost changed it multiple times throughout the match, and I was <laughs> like, because I'm thinking to myself, I was like, oh, it's not like I really have. It's like Christians is not going to start. Not like uh, it's like let me put this on because I mean he's on the team, but he's yeah. not gonna play. I was like, well, no, there's no way he's really gonna play unless there's an injury because like <sighs> you're not gonna sub on a center back. That's yeah. the thought I had. And then having I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, dude, this is gonna happen. Yeah, they're not gonna sub anyone on unless we have four thousand injuries throughout this game. No big deal. So um, they go into the break one one, and then. 45 seconds into the first half, or into the second half. Whew. Look at me learning how to pod. 45 seconds into the second half, Pulisic away, uh, pulls up after, or pulls up before taking a shot on. I don't think I've ever seen a player still get the shot off after knowing they've at least, at the very least, strained their hamstring. Yeah, well, that went... Uh... Did, did it go wide or did it did. Emmy? Okay, it went, wide. it went wider if Emmy caught it. Yeah, so like I'm watching this run and I'm like, okay, here we go. Like we needed, because we needed to get in halftime. We, as weird as it was, we we needed to get in halftime level because of how uh, overrun we were after scoring. Um, and after that drinks break, Arsenal were the better team easily. So I was like hoping to just be 1-1. Then after then okay we're, we're back and he gets that run off and I'm like okay we have a, like this is we're we're gonna we're gonna start playing well that like the team talk worked or whatever you know like I was I was feeling confident again and then he goes down and I'm like that's that's Fuck. it Fuck. that's it I mean are you are you kidding me yeah are that's... you pardon my French are you fucking kidding me we <laughs> part, scored in the fifth first, minute part of my first part of my the French. American scores. We, were, we had the conversation about getting a goal, like, oh, who scores in the cup final? Like, oh, I promise I'm going to get their jersey. Um, he scores, like, oh, yes. Like, this is this is a dream season, um, especially since the, the restart for Pulisic. This is awesome. Um, goes and shoots, and he's out. He's out. We're good. Okay. Um, who did we, did we bring on? That's when we brought on Pedro. Yeah. Brought <sighs> on Pedro. Not what I would have done. Who would you have brought on in that situation? Well, I mean, I think, I mean, I think originally, I would have probably, I mean, initially thinking I would have brought on Hudson-Odoi, because I think he's better than Pedro right now. Um, 
obviously Pedro's older, but Pedro has that. Ex- but, but he was getting it was that decision was getting completely panned on Twitter. But like I thought, Pedro came on and was pretty bright. I thought he was pacey, was running past Arsenal defenders, getting to good areas. Um, so I I wasn't necessarily that against the decision. He's a big time player, as it's been on social media a lot recently. Like on his birthday, they were posting about it. He's the only player ever, I believe, to win every trophy available to him. That's uh, quite impressive. Quite a stat. Don't go to Roma. Yeah. Like, don't why? Why would you go and uh, yeah. you're not winning a trophy? You're no. not winning a trophy. Um, you want to keep that record going, Cody Ventus. Yeah, he needs he needs to win the double in Italy with yeah. Roma That's... for that to stay, to stay. Just retire. Um, well, I mean, after his injury, he might. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, what an awful way to go out! But yeah, um, yeah, but we, we let's not get ahead of ourselves because we'll talk about how that kind yeah. of finished things off. Um, but so the the next thing, the next big moment is the the Aubameyang goal in the sixty seventh minute. Um, Bellerin makes a run from deep inside his own half, sprints, gets through the midfield. Um, Christensen puts in a challenge. The ball falls to, I believe, Pepe, who then finds Aubameyang, who it looks yeah, like he's going to get it on his right foot, but he moves it to the left and dinks it past Willie. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a, a brilliant goal. Yeah, it's one of those where you have the, the challenge go in, you win the ball, but then they recover it quickly, yeah. and then Pat, like, the, the switch of play, and now you see that there's two people over here and Chelsea have two people on the other side of the field. Yeah. The guy, the, the the middle guys line up. It's like, oh great, here yeah. we go. There's, they're not going to get with over until they're a, out, man. A one on one, on a one on one with uh, Aubameyang versus Kurt Zuma. You'd you'd take Aubameyang. And yeah, in, I mean, and I've fair. loved what Kurt Zuma has done recently for Chelsea. But the fact that and he has Jorginho on his right, mm-hmm. and he does that little stutter. And Kurt bites on it, but Jorginho's kind right there. I know, heels, yeah, yeah. I know Jorginho. He was too. Yeah, he was flat. He was flat-footed for sure. Like, because because there was he could have maybe gotten a block in if he does. If he's not so flat-footed, because Jorginho is on the right. Jorginho obviously he's not a defender, but you have a man there to bite like that to give him all that uh, room to be able to do that. It's he's not going to miss. Yeah, he's and, not going to miss. And this is one to you know look back on. As an Arsenal fan, like there's sometimes there's crap goals that win you a cup final. This is not this is not one of them. I was nah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, I was. Why well, I watched the replay of this a hundred times probably since it happened. But mm-hmm. um, a few minutes later, seventy third minute. Well, hold on. Let's talk. Let's talk about this. Do you think it was a foul? Do you think it should have been called back? I, I said this so like at first I wanted to see it because they were talking about it being a foul. Yeah, Stuart Robson was was convinced, right? Um, and I was I was because Stuart Robson he played for Arsenal, correct? Maybe I believe, they, I believe he played for Arsenal. I think Martin Tyler brought it up because I was ready for you guys to throw Martin Tyler in my face because he's a Chelsea fan, and I was like, well, he's agreeing with Stuart Robson who is had played for yeah he did Arsenal. in the eighties yeah. Some fan you are. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, he, so I watched his, it like okay. his spell with the team finished eight years before I was born. 
Yeah, it just dep- it really for me it depends on the angle I looked at it. The one angle I was like, okay, now it's not. But I mean, I, I you can certainly make the case in my opinion because he overruns it. I think earlier on when Kovacic got his first yellow, he overran the ball and went in. But like, it was different because you have Christensen like literally he's sliding in. Yeah, like it's not so. Like, Kovacic overran it and then challenged for it. Bellerin was just on a sprint. The ball went long, and the challenge, he, like, he, right. But you reach your foot out. I don't think it really matters the act that you're doing if you if you, no no no. But, you're, but again, I, I said I I would have certainly liked it to be called a foul. Yeah, well, I mean, um, but it was not one that I was like that was not the call I was bemoaning. No, no, no. Anthony Taylor one, did a good job of giving me yeah, plenty of options. He gave you a couple different choices. But that one, I couldn't understand why it would have been called a foul. Um, there was not a comprehensive VAR check on it because it, it's one of those that it, there's no way that you can say that's a clear and obvious error. Although VAR has done, has taken back Just some that. goals where you're like, there is no way this is clear and obvious. And they're like, oh, yeah, no goal. But um, that's pretty pretty clear to us. <laughs> but okay. the uh, the goal stands, and Arsenal have Remember, turned it VAR, turned it around. VAR, I'm still on this. VAR checked that Bruno Fernandez penalty against what was it West Ham? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, so we're gonna talk about uh, VAR's a uh, uh, consistency or ability to make the right call. Um, but you know it's two one Chelsea. Uh, I believe were we down were we down to ten men yet? No, no it hasn't. It's hasn't, eleven so. v eleven there. So six minutes later, Kovacic gets his second yellow. Oh boy, what a nightmare! Two, if I mean one, I'm not gonna argue with as much, but like two were iffy in terms of yellow cards for me. I agree. I think that um, accumulation of fouls um, is what did him in here. I don't think he's necessarily just getting a yellow for that challenge, which I don't that's how many well within the loss. So I'm looking I... at the stats. I'm not looking at the stats of you know individuals. You're um, saying overalls because because I don't think Kovacic had that many had a big accumulation he, of fouls. He had a he did have one or two um, that did that obviously he didn't get the a second yellow for before he before this challenge, but I mean on the day and this could be something that you could be upset with. Uh, the referee for as well, but on the day, Arsenal committed two fouls to Chelsea's fourteen, and from my well, from my point of view, that seemed that seemed not really harsh on Chelsea. It they were committing oh, more fouls. No, it cert- I think it was certainly harsh on Chelsea. There was the they've like the the one the two successive Mason Mount fouls and the one that he gets a yellow card for and. You look back. I saw a couple of fouls that they called on Mason Mount where he literally did not touch anyone. And I saw similar things that are, in my opinion, obviously we're both biased each way. There were a couple of fouls where I saw happen that were very similar for both sides. Arsenal got the call for it. Chelsea did not. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mean, I'm, like, I, I, believe me, I'm not saying you can't feel hard done no, by the, the refereeing decisions. Um, and, and especially this, the, the red card, but as far as the physicality of it, the team that were more physical, that were pushing sure. the line more, were, it was Chelsea. Right, right. And I think, and there, people have even made the argument like that, like, yeah, we're going to criticize, like some, I'm not sure how valid this is. Some people have criticized, oh, like 
don't criticize Chelsea's performance as much as you are. Think about the way that they went into play. They wanted to play physical, and the fact that the calls really weren't going their way at all anyway mm-hmm. sort of takes them out of that, so it affects yeah. the performance. Yeah, and I if, think overall they could you can adjust and do better. But yeah. if if Lampard decided that that's the way they wanted to go, let's let's go after a team which over the years Arsenal haven't been. A you know a strong team as far as the you know the physicality of the game they it, a lot of times you you push them once or twice and they fall over and can't do anything so right. that's the decision that Lampard went in with and mm-hmm. Arsenal stood up to it now yeah it it's a good job from Granite Xhaka to get Kovacic sent off here it's a, it's yeah they they did make the point like it might be in the reaction too yeah because he. Um, it like, and it, it's like he got shot in the foot. Yeah, it took him a second. It he doesn't look quite as bad as the the Giroud claps though. Yeah, the the uh, stands stand still for his, five seconds and then and that's his fall buddy. To the ground. That's yeah. his buddy, that's David Luiz's pal. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there was the 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 Chaka. He's like rolling around on the ground, and then you look at it, and it's like. I mean, I don't know how much it hurt, but it wasn't that bad. Oh, no, it, it didn't. Um, yeah, it didn't hurt And that, that certainly affects Anthony Taylor's decision probably a little bit. Because he, do, um, he does wait a second to show that second yellow. Yeah. I was like, okay, he gave a yellow because the Arsenal players are trying to get him sent off. Yeah. Which but then he, but then but I've, never seen, I've never seen him. <laughs> hey, you're trying to get me to give him a red card? Yellow. Yellow. But also, here you go. All right, I've never seen him give, I've never seen a ref yeah, give that is, the red card. That is, Just don't give the first yellow, then. If you're yeah, going to give the red card. Ha- in that situation, you have to pick one or the other. Yeah. Can, <laughs> like, um, yeah. Uh, and I was, like, one foul I was upset about. But, I mean, it's it's probably different because it could be a head injury. So I'm more mad at Kieran Tierney for going up shoulder to shoulder with a guy and then falling down to the ground and holding his face. And then they have to stop playing. They call the foul against yeah. Chelsea, even though little baby bitch, boy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> baby bitch boy, walking home with a winner's medal. With a winner's uh, medal. So and then Billy Gilmore, his twin brother, limping home with nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so moving, moving into the final stages of the game, um, they're against City in the semifinal when Arsenal were two 0 up. I felt more worried than when I did. Then in the final 15 minutes of this game, only 2-1 up. Genuinely. Mm-hmm. There were... Yeah. Giroud, with the assist in the fifth minute, didn't see him for 85. Well, he got subbed off at some point. I don't remember what. I think he did, got subbed off before 85. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, didn't see him for the rest of the... I didn't see Giroud on the... I did not see Giroud after the 85. <laughs> yeah. I was they like, really... Yeah, really worried. They should have subbed him off uh, They should. The yeah, sixth once, minute. Once they went... Now, once I think once they go down... 2-1, I think you had to make a substitution. Yeah. Like, but again, two injury substitutions. So the next substitution Frank makes, it has to be two or three players. Yeah. Like, because those are the last ones you bring it on. Um, it almost was going to be two, and then apparently, then hudson Doy came up, so it was going to be, so it was three. Um, Rudiger came, comes off for hudson Adoy. He Right after getting a yellow card, he was getting a little pissed yeah. off. And maybe as good as Drew has been, and as he was involved in the buildup. He got for the first goal. He had the assist on the first goal. Um, I would have liked to see Tammy earlier, just because mm-hmm. his pace. Because Drew wasn't really. I mean, Drew, Drew was as he always is good in the air, but it's yeah. not like he was dominating 
Kevin Louise very like physically. No. Like at sometimes he could, but like it wasn't like oh he's just bossing him on the pitch. So bring on. Sometimes David Luiz struggles with pace, with pacey players. He Bring does. on Abraham and... He, Can you know, confirm. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe he brings an impact uh, sooner. Obviously, I mean, there was that... There, there was the Martinez thing. You're playing the ball. That's not a ball you play to Giroud. Um, no. It causes and- a little... So, like, that sort of impact is what I'm saying. Chelsea needed sooner. Um, but I was think going into it like I was looking back, and now looking back on it, I was worried about Chelsea's substitutions, especially with injuries and stuff like that. Like Hudson Odoi doesn't give me that much confidence. I think I've seen him make decent impact, but mostly when he's coming on with a couple like Loftus Cheek will come on and Abraham and Hudson Odoi, and they all like together kind of make a good impact. But like him himself doesn't change the game the way like a Pulisic would, yeah, um, like he did against Liverpool. But obviously, you know. Or even Willian's pace, um, so I was worried about that. I really think if Chelsea were to win this game, they needed a second goal before that first drinks break. Yeah. Now, um, especially with how I mean, especially now, easily say that with, with yeah. everything that happened because everything fell apart. The the whole setup, and we'll we'll get on real quick to the to the Pedro injury at the end and kind of the the final stages of this this match, but. Um, the way that Giroud was being used kind of seemed to me, I, I want to say it's the 2014-15 Arsenal season that it reminded me of where um, Arsenal would start with Giroud and play the ball to his feet, play the ball to his feet, <laughs> sub him off and send crosses into Theo Walcott or vice versa. How, whoever started, right, we would play the ball. And it yeah, just does with Mount sitting behind, not in a wide area to cross it in. It didn't work. The wing backs weren't getting the crosses yeah. into him enough. And but that a good job from Hector Bellerin on the uh, Hector Bellerin on the right, who took a little while to settle in. But obviously that run for the second goal was huge. And Ainsley Maitland Niles, um, what yeah. he was an attacking option, which kept Reese James from bombing up that side of the pitch to to get crosses and, into Giroud. Yeah, and Chelsea, Chelsea had a lot of that uh, last year with Sar with Sarri and uh, Higuain, and um, I don't know why I brought Sarri into it. <laughs> just any any time I can criticize his managing, I yes. Um, with Higuain and uh, Giroud, but I think what it, it's got to be a mental thing where like the idea of like just crossing a ball in from far away is more of a desperate type of play. Where it's like, all right, we don't have that much time. We just got to start sending the ball in. We got to yeah. do it. Like we need. It's so like that is in your head more so than doing it during the game. That's why. Like, that's why Giroud is like the ideal super sub, because when you're down and you need a goal and you're just fucking sending it into the box, he's and also, the guy that's there. Right, and also he's not going to beat anyone for pace, but no. he'll do better for pace when he is fresh and the guys yeah. around him aren't. Even even if you're sending a ball into the box, not even for him to attack, for him to control and lay off to somebody, it, 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 that is the way that Giroud is successful. Um, now, late, a, a ball, you know, towards the the end line, uh, Pedro's running for it. Um, Socrates does a good job, a shoulder-to-shoulder challenge, and uh, Pedro goes down and doesn't get back up. That's Yeah, there was that, that was, okay, I think I remember that play that one there was a moment there there was probably one really nervy moment for arsenal towards yeah because chelsea got a couple of corners but mm-hmm. i have written here i i never think chelsea are going to score in a corner 
I mean, whatever you're playing against, playing against Arsenal is the best way to do it. Unless they're defending it. Yeah. Um, I never think, oh, Chelsea, you're going to have a chance here. Um, which is the issue. We need to probably work. We need to work on set pieces both ends of the pitch. But yeah. there was a time where Pedro's dribbling in and around. And I felt like Arsenal were probably like a couple inches away a couple of times of sticking a leg in. And oh, yeah. Too much. And getting, like, I was like, this could, they could. Like, they're so close. Like, so I was like, come on, someone. Yeah, it just, it, at that point, Pedro doesn't really even get a a chance on goal. Could have, yeah, there, there was a part where I thought, someone might go in, foul him, yeah. uh, get a penalty. Uh, I think that's the, enough. I wasn't worried about you scoring from open play, I was worried about us conceding a penalty. Right. That's, yeah. Um, that's where, yeah. Yeah, there wasn't that many was players, I was like, oh, here we go. Like, Tammy might get something. But I wasn't. I certainly wasn't that worried about, or like that excited for the prospect of Pedro or Hudson Odoi getting a goal, yeah. um, or or the set pieces. Um, but after that, I mean, oh, what I was saying was, um, yeah, there was like one minute left before that Pedro injury, and that maybe two, one minute officially, maybe two minutes. I think there was a stoppage at the beginning of stoppage time that kind yeah. of delayed it, but nowhere near enough time to really get anything going yeah. uh and of course the uh the whistle blew and then that was that was that yeah um listen i i love to see mikel arteta smile at at full time that was just pure joy that's what his third straight fa cup no uh two in a yeah, row they, they did win two they did win two in a row yeah two in a row with city now one with arsenal so, he yeah. is the second uh, was it two in a row? Because it was you guys in 2017, 2018. No, 2016, no. 2017. Chelsea yeah. in 2017, 2018. 18, 19, City, 19, 20. Us. Okay, so just two in a row. Yeah, so just two in a row. Gotcha. You idiot. You have a soccer podcast. You should okay. know these things. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, so two in a row. Listen, he's won a couple FA Cups in his in his time. He's the second player, uh, former Arsenal player, to then win the cup as manager. George Graham did that as well, which is um, which is a feat that Frank Lampard was also going for. Um, yeah. So, just before we take a quick break, um, manager versus manager. In this one, two former players, two form former number eights, um, Frank Lampard, the definitely the better the better midfielder, um, but as managers, if if I am I know you're excited about what the, you know the future holds with Frank Lampard, but um, I I I think that the sky's the limit with Mikel Arteta, the only. You know, drawback is the the support he's going to get from the club. I think if these two managers, if you put them in, you know, the same situation, you know, the, they're both going to get the same backing. I I would take Mikel Arteta over over Frank Lampard, and I, I I know that might be a different answer for you. I just wanted to hear your take on it. Uh, no, I think so. I mean, obviously, I've been I've been really impressed with. Mikel Arteta, as of late, when he first took over, I wasn't as impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
it's hard for me to pick. I think, but I think you're right. I think Mikel Arteta. I, I I'm starting to see a lot of signs of you know he of of a really really top manager. Um, something I guess you know it, it seems I don't want to take away from what he's done, there, but like working under Pep Guardiola is huge. Yeah. Um, and I think he's taken a lot from that. Whereas a lot of the things with like Lampard, he looks like okay, what has he learned from all the managers he he played under? Uh, and I'm excited for Lampard. I think yeah. he there. I think there are things. There have been more moments. Obviously, there's more of a um, sample size with Lampard. I would yeah. like to see a full season of Arteta mm-hmm. with the proper backing. Yeah. Just and, I mean, obviously, we're getting Lampard with the proper backing. Yeah, with Werner and Ziyech and possibly yeah. Havertz and maybe even Chilwell. Or if not Chilwell, it's you're gonna bring in someone. Someone. Yeah. Someone at left back. Someone at center back. You, you're gonna have the, the, right, the which is backing. which is key. And I've seen there have been moments like, uh, you know, like Lampard has beaten every top six manager mm-hmm. this season, whether it be in the cup or the the league, which is impressive. It's very yeah. impressive. There have been moments where I think he's gotten it wrong. Substitutions have been wrong. There's Maybe there's been a little bit of now. inconsistency with with Chelsea right. at some points in the season. Um, I certainly love what I get from Frank in terms of his attitude. What he what I, I obviously I'm not in the I'm not in the dressing room, but I've but I based on hearing him talk about stuff after the game, before the game, um, I think he's excellent in that dressing room. Yeah. Um, tactically, I think there's some things he can he can work out, but he's yeah he needs to work on the consistency. Whereas, I mean, Arteta, again, it's a smaller sample size. I think he started off a little bit rough, but kind of steadied the ship and has done yeah. a really nice job. And, uh, and, and like I, you said, with with Lampard beating those the, the, the big six managers, since Arteta took over, he's beaten Klopp's Liverpool. He's beaten Pep at City. He's lost to Pep at City, let's make that clear. But he's beaten Frank Lampard. He's beaten... Uh, I, let's see a win against Wolves. We didn't get that win against uh, the win against Mourinho and Spurs, which is probably um, not basing it on the the day, not basing it on the on the cup final. Obviously, I'll take the cup final, but a, a win over Jose Mourinho is kind of the one that you look at. and You're like, that's the one that I want the most. Um, so he yeah, ha- doesn't have but that. Also but it's, it's a good going, start. Mourinho going up against that type of manager. Yeah. Um, he kind of like revels in that, he that does. challenge. Like, how can I stop this very attack-minding mm-hmm. guy? Um, and we've seen it. We've seen it with Mourinho versus Pep sometimes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen it the other way. But um, yeah, I'm 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 really I'm excited uh, for next season because I think we have the Klopp and the Pep thing, and now I think we're gonna for a little bit for a while we're gonna have this Arteta Lampard former players. Uh, young managers mm-hmm. uh, coming in, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it's obvious. Arteta outperformed Frank Lampard in the Cup final. Uh, I would, but before I, I'm leaning towards Arteta right now, based on what I've seen recently. Uh, but I'm. It doesn't take anything away from how excited I am for for Lampard. Oh no, yeah, um, what he's going to bring. I want to, and also I need to see more of Arteta yeah. um, for a full season. Because that's the thing with Arsenal. Arsenal, their we'll biggest no, we'll issue is We'll know more always, at, at the end of the next campaign. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, like, that's the thing with Arsenal. They've always, especially in recent years, they've struggled for season-long consistency. Say we will about Frank's consistency, they still got top four with yep. all the stuff that they had. You know, not having Hazard, uh, having a transfer ban. I mean, obviously, you're, they were able to sign Kovacic, and they brought in Pulisic the other window, and he mm-hmm. didn't come until the season. So, like, the ban wasn't completely affecting them, uh, but... To have that, to lose your best player, um, and to still get top four, get to a cup final in your first season, that's, especially not just his first season, it was, it's what, his second or third season in, managing. Obviously, yeah. Arteta gets there in his first season managing. Um, but but has, the, thing, has the coaching back, like, it wasn't like right. Lampard was on his staff. He he didn't go the, the way that John Terry is going, where he, John Terry is at the... At, Right. Well, John Terry's going to be the best manager because he's learned from Dean Smith. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Next, he'll be on Nigel Pearson's staff somewhere. Um, Hot Nigel. Hot Nigel. Uh, He's going to. What's he? Then Steve Bruce, and then Steve Bruce will get sacked, and they're going to give it to Terry, (laughs) and then Terry's going to win all these trophies. Um, No, but I. um, What was the thought? Where Where was I going with, with this? Uh, Arsenal have always had these sort of seasons where they haven't been able to do it for a full campaign. But in that FA Cup, they like it doesn't matter. Like they're they are tough to beat in the yeah. FA Cup if they make it as far as like yeah. uh, the the semifinal. There, it's like, it's it's tough. So I do because like we saw that with, was it still, was it still Wenger in last time sixteen seventeen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we've had the oh like it, he's got to go he's got to go oh but he oh. But he won three but FA Cups the cup. in the yeah. So like, I want to see it's, a it, full season. It's I mean, it's four FA Cups for the club in a span of seven seasons. Um, you know, three yeah. for Wenger, none for Emery, thank God, and now one for Arteta. That's the that's the. <laughs> you spring. can't even have like a little, just like one good evening. No, bad evening, bad evening. Um, it's, yeah, you, last season was wild because Emery is going. It's. This was like, okay, Arsenal are going to the FA Cup. They love the FA Cup. They win it. You have Emery going into the Europa League final, something that he has won three of. That's his game. Yeah. And look and, how that uh, turned out. Yeah. Um, but let's. Uh, we're going to get on to our Premier League team of the season. Um, and uh, we're going to touch on the, the good man, Eddie Howe, departing from Bournemouth, sadly. But first... We're going to send it to an ad break. We'll be right back. Ad break. Do you enjoy forms of entertainment that usually take 90 to 120 minutes to complete? Do you expect that time frame to include moments of sheer drama, utter heartbreak, or end-to-end action? No, we're not talking about the 2017 FA Cup Final. We're talking about the movies. The movie. On Cue the Banter, Jared and I talk about our favorite movies and try to get each other to watch those movies. And we try to convince you to watch those movies as well. Add them to your cue and let the banter ensue. Cue the Banter, an Ilto 8 podcast. Welcome back to Flitty Adieu. That was a, a wonderful ad break from our friends. I mean, you. You know, our friends Cue the Banter. Of course, Flitty Adieu. Am I on that ad? Is What's I, ad? You, oh yeah, it's our new it's yeah. our new footy ado tailored ad. That yes, I made. yes, it is fantastic. Um, Cue the banter is one of three Ilto Eight podcasts. 
we also have Banana Land. Um, and of course, ourselves at Footy Do, which uh, I think I failed to mention at the beginning of the podcast, which I have done consistently, or well, I guess not you, done consistently. You forgot to mention Footy Do? Yep. Um, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe yeah. has left Bournemouth um, by okay. mutual consent. So um, after an unbelievable run. Um, an unbelievable two spells for, for Eddie Howe at Bournemouth brings them all the way up from League Two to the Premier League. And unfortunately, uh, his reign there ends with um, with them going down back to the championship. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. Um, I, I also just don't under... I, like... I guess it's by mutual consent. I guess it's time for him to maybe find a new challenge. I just like for for where did he, he took over in and they were in what division, the third division or the fourth? fourth? They I were mean, all the way down fourth yeah. division. Yeah. So he got them promoted what, two prom- three three times. times, and stayed in the Premier League. For, quick maps, quick maps. Stayed in the Premier League for a, a an impressive amount of time, more time than people expected them to, mm-hmm. to a point to where it was like we were going into the season and they felt kind of like a mainstay. You know, they were getting to that point where it was like we're used to seeing Bournemouth. Um, because, it, yeah, which... They finished, what, as high as ninth? Did they? They finished, okay. Um, yeah, they like... Because I remember that first season that they stayed up, it was like a miracle they stayed up. They were like, and it was similar. It was a similar thing with Huddersfield, but like Huddersfield went down immediately. Where Bournemouth were just consistently staying up. Never, they were never too deep into a relegation fight until this, till I, I mean that first season and then this season. Um. So, like, sorry, they finished as high as twelfth, not ninth. Um, still good. Still for for a club of that size, still. Uh, Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm sad. Good. I'm sad to see him leave Bournemouth. I'm sad to see Bournemouth leave the Premier League, and uh, with him leaving, with the you know the possibility of uh, not even it's not even just a possibility. It's the assumption that Nathan Ake is um, going to sign that deal at Man City. Um, I would expect well, yeah, Callum he, Wilson yeah. and Josh King to leave. You know they have. David Brooks, Harry Wilson's only there on loan. That's a you know a big player for them. Um, you'd have to wonder whether Jefferson Lerma stays. You know they they have very good players at this club. We'll see who sticks around, but um, they uh, they're going to be trying to avoid the good old Sunderland esque double relegation. Yeah, um, and that, yeah, like Ake. For a player who is considering, there, there's a lot of talk of him going to a top six club r- regardless. So, like, they go down, there's no way they're keeping him. Um, I feel like Callum Wilson is one that, might, I mean, he's older. You know, I feel like he's someone who can stay as as Maisie's upset about Bournemouth. <laughs> there's, um, there's talks about... Um... I believe Spurs signing Troy Deeney. Uh, if they're considering Troy Deeney as their backup striker, I think that Callum Wilson would probably be another option another for solid them. option. Yeah, if they're if yeah, I feel like Callum talking, Wilson might be a 
Yeah. yeah if we're talking relegated uh, Premier League experienced strikers, uh, I think Wilson would be the first choice over Deeney there. Yeah, especially because I think Deeney brings you t- more attributes that are similar to Harry Kane. Yeah. Whereas you want to get someone who's a little bit different, bring on some different... Although Spurs have never really pace. been able to figure out the whole second striker thing. So whoever goes there is going to play uh, apparently no football and score zero goals. Yeah. How much... What, does, does like Lucas Moore not play for them? Uh, not much. Kind of wild. All right. So uh, the, the thing... The note we're going to finish on today... Um, we're going to do our uh, Premier League team of the seasons. Now, Jarrah, what are you thinking? How do you want to do this? You want to do, you know, I do my full team, or do you want to go position by position? No, let's, you, do your, you do your full team, and then I will do my full team. So I have 10 out of the 11 chosen. Okay. I am struggling to pick my third midfielder. Midfielder. The midfielder's hard. The midfielder was the hardest one. So um, I have notes. I have some notes for each player. So that's why I kind of want to just read off my list with the notes of uh, okay my picks. But I will let you go first. Okay. So in goal, um, I had a couple different choices here. I, I would say I was going back and forth between about three people, um, and that one the the two I didn't choose were uh, Allison and Dean Henderson. I went with Nick Pope. Yeah. I went with Nick mm-hmm. Pope in goal. Um, at left back, Andy Robertson. Um, at okay. center back, I have Virgil van Dyke, and uh, I also have Sanchu from Leicester City. And then to round things out at right back, I have the third Liverpool player of my back four, and that's Trent Alexander-Arnold. I, I think that, you know, three of those were... Uh, not actually decisions of mine, but facts. Um, with with Sanchu being the one that um I probably had the the biggest. Uh, yeah, who like who? But like, did you have anyone else that you were thinking about putting in? I mean, um, you know, uh, James Tarkovsky at Burnley was a shout. Um, as well as Harry Maguire. Um, yeah, Harry Maguire was a late shout. I think I think as well. Um, but. But Sayanchu is where I went. Um, yeah. Now, midfield, the obvious uh, pick in midfield is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Who? <laughs> 20 assists in the Premier League. Uh, How tying, many goals did he get? Tying Thierry Henry's record. Because I just do, watched do. the top 25 goals from July for NBC Sports. And the two goals he scored against Norwich? Insane. I was like, oh, I didn't. I uh, this is for my first time seeing this. The the free kick he scored against Chelsea. The um, so yeah, so he's had it like he as a guy a, who has twenty assists to have th- at least three goals since the restart. Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole thing like okay, thirteen goals. So Jeez. thirteen goals and twenty assists and thirty five appearances in the Premier League. I believe Henri had twenty four goals and twenty assists. So like. 20 assists levels is, yeah 20 assists is a, a lot for a striker to get 24 goals you you can see on getting but then 13 goals is a lot for a midfielder to get so um both incredibly right. impressive seasons yeah um yeah when you especially when you factor in position and stuff like that yeah um so the second midfielder i didn't have much trouble choosing here was uh the liverpool captain jordan henderson okay 
Um, I thought he really belonged in this team um, for not only his on-field um, performances, but his his leadership for a title-winning side. That mm-hmm. that carries a, a lot of weight for me. Now this this as I'm as I'm talking, I still don't have my third midfielder chosen. Um, I'll tell you the players that I'm considering. Do you want to skip it for now? Let's skip it for now. I'll I'll go to my front three. We Um, can figure out your third one after you hear mine. My front three is Sadio Mane, uh, Danny Ings, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Okay. Mane, Aubameyang, Ings. Yes. Okay. And the reason I chose Danny Ings over Jamie Vardy um, is because of... Um, it probably has some to do with with the way Lester season fell off, but it, you know, he he gets the golden boot. It's tough to not put the golden boot winner in in the team of the season, and I know that. But um, yeah, that's he that's, uh... he scored all of his goals, at, at, most of his goals at one point in the in the first half of the season. He was not great after the restart for the most part. Uh, he turned it on a little bit later, but. I went yeah. with I went it's, with things. This this restart really because it 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 changes the whole dynamic of picking some of these players. Yeah, like it, Soyuncu, it you does. pick you pick Soyuncu, but you look at yeah you look vital at... <laughs> for this team, but he missed the last three games and they ended up losing out on Champions League probably partly because of that. Yeah. So it's like wow, this guy was important to the team. Yeah, but the, like. The, the player that I'm leaning towards as far as the midfield three goes probably only happens because... Of the restart. Because of the restart and because he kept his team up. And I'm leaning towards Jack Grealish, but I'm not solidifying that okay. decision. Okay, so, so I, I, think I, I think you and I have the same four midfielders in our head. Okay. So I'll read off, I'll read off my list. I'm gonna skip the midfield, okay, and then I'll go back. Um, so I got Ingoli, Ingoli, Ingol, Nick Pope. Please sign for Chelsea. Uh, right back, Trent Alexander Arnold. Please stop taking free kicks against Chelsea. Uh, left back, Andy Robertson. Lots of assists pre-title. Lots of drinks post-title. Um, the center backs. I have Virgil Van Dyke. No note there. That's I mean he, does straightforward. Require it, yeah. And I have Kaglar Sancho. He was overall. I mean the other the only other person I would have thrown in there would have been um, Harry Maguire because I think overall, uh, I think there there's a lot of stuff there was stuff floating around about his stats compared to Van Dyke's, and his were better. Yeah. But I and, think that's just down to him having to do more because uh, Liverpool's. Midfield was so dominant, mm-hmm. and I do um, want to. I do want to make a note real quick. We decided to do the team of the season um, our own way after seeing Mark Ogden of ESPN's team of the season, um, where he had Amiric Laporte in that team who played like fourteen games all season. Yeah. So, um, did you consider Laporte for even half a second? Because he was no. the one player when I looked at that team, I'm like, "Fuck, get him the fuck out of here!" All right, so skip over your midfield. Okay. Give me your front three. You're gonna have Vardy because you, Jamie Vardy. You gave me shit for. Well, yeah, because he he won the Golden Boot. Yeah, you know. So, um, I have Mohamed Salah. 
Okay. And over Sadio Mane. Um, was your third? I looked, and I looked at the, so I looked at the stats. I was like looking at, it and I think I, I think Salah just had more goals and assists combined. I think he had I think thirty nine total goals and assists combined, I, okay. or maybe twenty nine or whatever it was. But it was more than Mane, so that's what broke it for me. Mane is incredible. It was weird keeping him out. Um, and of course, the one that we obviously are going to have the same one as. Uh, Danny Ings, 22 goals for Southampton, six shy of his world-famous age. Um, Danny Ings is 28 now. That's pretty big. It was hard to keep Aubameyang out. Um, I could easily have thrown him in there. Um, but Danny Ings, for me, as a, a team a team that has lost a game 9-1, you know, as poor as... And a lot of credit needs to go to uh, Ralph Hustle for this as well, but, like, the way they were able to right that ship and comfortably finished the way they did as impressively they did at the end of the season um Danny Ings was was vital to that and you know I, I made this argument it doesn't necessarily I don't think it necessarily really makes as much sense as I thought it did when I first did with uh Charlie Austin at QPR where he scored goals my argument was he scored a lot of goals and they got really they were like the worst team so every team he played against was better than him yeah and was still able to score that goals. Everybody plays the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, being on Southampton, um, 22 goals was, was quite impressive for for Danny Yanks. Um, so I I picked him. Uh, in midfield, Kevin De Bruyne. I have three written down. I don't think I'm going to... I don't know if... So, the Jordan Henderson one is hard to keep out for me. It's hard to keep Jordan Henderson out. That's why I put him in. Because um, he is, he, he it doesn't, it, it doesn't really have the stats. No, it's it's wild to me. But like, also as a a more defensive minded midfielder, you're probably not showing up the stats unless you're looking more into right. detailed stats. Right. So like, you're not. I think Golo Conte won Player of the Year. So like, yeah, and it's not like he had which a bunch of he was also in Ogden's uh, Team of the Year, which which just I think. It's not even Chelsea's team of the season. No. Between <laughs> him and Laporte, I think they've made like 25 appearances in the league total. Yeah. So, um, so or something ridiculous. So, uh, so, Henderson and De Bruyne were easy choices for me. I, but I'm, I couldn't figure out the third. I'm throwing in I'm throwing in Henderson. Okay. So, De Bruyne, Henderson. Now, I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Because I, I'm expecting it to happen in the actual team of the year, and I was like, that's so stupid. Like, he's barely played. The reason barely... I wouldn't put him in is because if I say Jamie Vardy shouldn't be in the team because he only showed up half the season, I can't put a player in the team that actually was only there half the season. I know. I and cannot I, and, and find... I, I, vowed, I vowed not to do it, but I have to put Bruno Fernandez in the team of the season. And who are he you has... going to put him over? Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish. And I'll tell you why. So I looked at the stats and it was like Jack, because it was Jack Grealish helped them stay up. I was like, oh, let's look at the goals. Eight goals, six assists. I was like, let's see Bruno Fernandez. Eight goals, seven assists. So he's been in this league less, has more uh, goal contributions, but I, it's, it's down to how important he was to getting United into the uh, top four. I obviously Grealish was as was equally important to Villa keeping them up, um, but just the fact that they were four. What I I mean at, after the break, I mean they were fourteen points behind Leicester at some point. I think it was eight at the break. 
um, to finish third. He was just so, so vital to that. Yeah. And I hate myself for putting him in my team of the season. Because I was I, I had been saying, oh, they're going to put him in team of the season. It's so stupid. Don't put him in the team of the season. But, and then you're like, boom, team of the season. Boom, um, team of the season. But yes. I have written down here De Bruyne, Fernandez, and Grealish. But okay. I just threw so, Hernandez in, so it threw a wrench into my whole plan. Hernandez? Who the fuck is Hernandez? Fernandez. Who? <laughs> Henderson and Fernandez just had a kid. Um, crazily enough, uh, in the Portuguese league, he also had eight goals and seven assists. Um, my biggest thing is, like, he scored, like, he scored eight goals in the Premier League. I think like fourteen of them were penalties, and I know that the math that I just said doesn't add up. It doesn't check out, but it's but that's that's it's, that's, it's, that's true. It's why I choose Grealish over Find the line. Find the line. <laughs> um, that's, I'm glad one of us did because I I I'm really disappointed in myself. For there, I I couldn't it. couldn't get myself to do it. Could not get yeah. myself to do it. Um, but listen, I think it's time to tell you. Give us a follow on Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah. So, actually, uh, we haven't... Well, uh, who's your manager of the season? Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, it's, got, it's probably got to be Klopp. Had had Sheffield finished in a European... Chris Wilder, easily. Yeah. The, Maybe, that's what... Not, the thing is, it wouldn't be... It would have been a harder decision. It's so... Like, Klopp is... Like, what Liverpool did this season was insane. So, like, that, it's just, it has to be your club. I was, I just remembered I was going to do a bit where, like, you told me your team of the season, and I was going to be like, okay, my team of the season, Liverpool. They won the title. <laughs> 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 All right. They won the table. Anyway, the best team. Thanks best for listening. This has been Funny to Do. Um, no, yeah. I think it's Klopp. Um, had, had Sheffield gotten European football, Chris Wilder. I think Chris Wilder is two, regardless. Um, uh, I think he's the only one that, besides Klopp, that I'd really consider um, as being manager of the season. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a huge gap. I mean, like... Worth noting, though, now, um, with, you know, the way that European football uh, works, and you know, with the cup competitions giving some Europa League spots, um, Arsenal's FA Cup win takes... It takes Europa League away from Wolves. So, you know, Sheffield, at the end of the day, finish even further away from Europe. Um, mm-hmm. Takes it away from Wolves, but also that means Spurs have to go into the qualifying rounds of the Europa League, and they must win three one-off fixtures to get to the Europa League group stages. Now, so you'd weird. fancy him to do mean? so. You'd fancy yeah. him to do so. Especially because who they're probably going to be playing. But it's just adding three games to their schedule that they probably don't want to play. Where? Where are the games? I don't know. I, like, We're I having European football? I was thinking about this because we have Champions League. Yeah. But then you have to play, and I was like, because this was before we had lost, so it was like, it's like we might have to play Bayern and then like a week later have to play Liverpool in the Community Shield. Yeah. It's and weird because the Community Shield is now two weeks before, before the this... Premier League starts, but it's only like a week after the Champions League. Like, obviously, not neither of those teams are involved When is the in Champions Europe League final? Dude, that is a They might be the question. same weekend. I think it's the 23rd. The, they might be like... 23rd. The 23rd. And six days apart. The Champions Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's 29th for the Community Shield. Which, thank goodness, because Chelsea are clearly getting through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
with no players at a Jorginho, I believe, yeah, I believe Jorginho and Alonso were both suspended. Yep. Um, Conte is not fully fit. Williams out. Pedro's out. Pulisic, Aspilicueta out. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Now, this is officially our last regular footy ado episode of the season we will have footy ado european nights oh the intro so we're finally going to use our good intro yes we will have more footy ado european nights coming up um to discuss the champions league and maybe even the europa league we'll see um now i mentioned on wolves who who lost europa league if they win the current Europa League, they get they Champions get League. <laughs> None of it makes any fucking sense. It's a fucking nightmare part of French, part of French, part of French. But on, on that wild. note, on that <laughs> note um, we bid this Premier League, um, this domestic season, uh, a farewell as we get into the European competitions. Follow us on Twitter at FootyAdo and at Ilto8Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at FootyAdo and at Ilto8Productions. You can follow Jared on Twitter at at JM Raymond. Tw- is there still a twelve on there? No, it's only that's my email. Okay, just there's at, never been a twelve on the Twitter. Oof, at JM Raymond, you can follow me at Zach Raymond, or you can do none of those things I just told you to, and uh, continue to listen to us and like, review, rate, subscribe, do the thing that makes more people find us and hear us and enjoy us or hate us, whichever. Um, we'll just take the listeners, man. Jared, as always, pardon our French.